Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Michelin tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome into Hour 3. Of course, at the start of the show, you heard us talking about Clay being on his top secret assignment. He talked about it last hour as well. And right now, we go to Clay. I can't say where you are. Uh, it's like where in the world is Carmen San Diego for people who were uh, old enough to remember that game who are uh, listening to us right now. I'll tell you tomorrow. Um, you know, I'll be able to talk a lot about what I'm doing. But, uh, but for right now... Uh, I'm in a hotel room. I am in the United States because it's hard to travel very far outside the country, let's be honest, anywhere right now. Uh, and uh, we're going to have a big day. Um, and if people want to follow along on uh, Twitter, they'll, they'll see there. Or you can see uh, tomorrow morning when you're driving into work, I'll be able to talk about a lot of the things that we're doing today. What does it rhyme with? No, no, no <laughs> early clues or anything else. Just uh, that uh, I, I'll be back. Uh, in nor- my normal studio uh, on Friday morning, but uh, tomorrow we'll have a little bit of a different show. I think uh, Jonas Knox and Jeff Schwartz, I did talk about that, are going to be hanging out, but I'll also be on, and uh, then we'll be right back to, uh, to normal on, uh, on Friday. And uh, could be by the time we get to Friday that your Dodgers are going to be up 2-0 because they look like they were in pretty solid command over the Rays in Game 1, so the city of Los Angeles should be happy. Yeah, the only thing that was a little bit unsettling to me was at the end of the game, the camera went in on the Rays players in their dugout, and they looked furious. So if they come out swinging, we could have an exciting Game 2 tonight, but the Dodgers dominant in Game 1 for those waking up on the West Coast with smiles 
this morning. They get the win, 8-3. to three. What did you think about Kershaw and the move of Roberts finally pulling him when it made sense to take him out? Well, I mean, it was funny to follow uh, everybody making that suggestion on Twitter, but it's amazing for Clayton Kershaw to think about where he's gone in the space of basically a week, uh, less than a week even, because when he lost game four to the Braves and uh, the Dodgers fell down to being 3-1 behind, you felt like, and I think everybody felt like, that he wasn't going to be able to win a World Series this year, and this was just going to prolong his stature as the best who has not won a championship. And certainly in Major League Baseball, uh, at the age of 32, you don't know how many more opportunities he's going to have. And we actually came on the next day after that show and said, who does he remind you of in other sports? And the best analogies that that the listeners came up with were uh, Dan Marino in the NFL, you know, a guy who just couldn't quite win the Super Bowl, even though he dominated in the regular season. And then two somewhat still young guys in the NBA uh, with James Harden, who no matter what happens doesn't seem to be able to have uh, the postseason success that you would anticipate given his regular season success. And then this guy is super young, but so far when you're the back-to-back MVP winner and you can't make it to the finals at all, I think a lot of people thought of uh, Giannis. And so for Clayton Kershaw, it will have been a roller coaster to be sure because he gets the win in game one. He gets pulled at the right time. And uh, and now, as you kind of uh, look forward, I would imagine he may have to come back and pitch again in Game 7 if we ended up there. But if the Dodgers take care of business, he may not pitch again. And if that takes place, then uh, it's a pretty uh, pretty phenomenal uh, situation for him to finally get that World Series title to go along with uh, the title of best pitcher of his generation. And another thing that stood out last night, and this was talked about a lot during the broadcast, why did the Red Sox not pay Mookie Betts? Yeah, it's crazy. Why? Yeah, I mean, it's one of the uh, the, the great – I mean, they, they made the mistake with Babe Ruth a while back, right? And, uh, by the way, uh, Corey Seager in the NLCS was like uh, was like Babe Ruth, and now all of a sudden Bellinger is uh, is on fire, even with the messed-up shoulder. But I, it's not as if Mookie Betts is 39 years old, you know, yeah. and at the, at the back end of his career, and you just don't want to invest uh, substantial dollars in him going forward – I mean, the guy seems to be a phenomenal teammate and uh, and well liked by his uh, by the, by the other people in the uh, in the locker room, and uh, and and for the for the Red Sox, which are not a team that struggles with finances, right? I mean, they're one of the most wealthy teams in all of baseball. To basically make the decision, hey, we don't need this guy. Uh, that's pretty crazy. The other guy I was thinking about, David Price. I mean, do you think David Price now? who decided to sit out because he didn't think it was safe. Do you think he's watching the World Series right now, saying what in the world was, was I thinking? Because the team is probably going to go win the World Series without him. I thought the same thing about Avery Bradley watching the Lakers win a championship without him. Yeah. Well, I think Avery Bradley, at least uh, at least you could point to you know that scenario. I think he was particularly worried about being family. away from his family. Yeah. Whereas David Price, I mean, the way that Major League Baseball played, it's not like you would have ever had to abandon your family for substantial periods of time. You basically could live a normal life uh, even while the season was going on. So I'm with you. I think the Mookie Betts decision was crazy. Uh, I think the Dodgers are going to go on. I know people are probably nervous saying, oh, you're going to jinx it, but I think the Dodgers are going to go on and win this series. And, uh, and I think there's going to be a lot of celebration in L.A. between the Lakers and the, uh, and the Dodgers. Yeah, and they flashed a couple of crazy stats about bets last night. 
MVPs, one. World Series titles, one. Free tacos for the whole country, two. <laughs> this is the second time now in the World Series that Betts has stolen a base and gotten everybody a free taco. That's next Wednesday at all Taco Bells, so that's pretty cool. And yeah, one, by the way, good luck Good luck with that. If you're, It's like when they have the free donut day and you have to stand in yeah. line for eight hours to get a donut. Uh, I think I'd probably just pay $2 for a taco and go a different day. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. And then also, he was the first player to have a walk and two stolen bases since Babe Ruth. And anytime they talk about you and Babe Ruth in the same sentence, that is just amazing. Yeah, well, it's, it's kind of interesting. It's uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, back in the early rounds of the playoffs, uh, the, the Padres had uh, something, did something with home runs that hadn't been done, I believe, uh, since Babe Ruth and uh, Lou Gehrig. So, uh, yeah, anytime you find out that you're on the same roster or on the same uh, legend, uh, legendary status as Babe Ruth or Lou Gehrig, it's probably a sign that things are going pretty well for you. Yeah, the third thing that stood out to me was Cody Bellinger. He obviously had that fourth-inning home run which put the Dodgers up for good. He popped his shoulder out in Game 7 against your Braves after doing the uh, the Bash Brothers forearm with Kiki Hernandez. Which was insanely dumb. Yeah, it really was. Uh, at the force that they were going at. I understand he was fired up because of the magnitude of that home run, but if you have a weak shoulder, maybe you know don't choose that way to celebrate. Yeah, because yeah, it's happened two other times in his career with that same shoulder. So he goes right down to the training room. Trainer pops it in. He goes back out to the field for the end of that game. There was some talk about whether or not it would be sore or they'd have to put a brace on it. They didn't have to do that. He said he was fine, and he proved that with the home run, and we actually have that call from AM570 LA Sports. The Dodgers with their first runner in scoring position, and Bellinger with a fly ball to right field. Well hit on its way. Gone a home run. And the Dodgers take a 2 to nothing lead. Of course, he celebrated by doing the kid-in-play kick step with his teammates because he said, hey, if I hit a home run, I'm not going to do the forearm bash with anybody. I'm going to tap feet. That was fantastic. Uh, I saw that uh, I saw that last night, too, and uh, good for him. Too bad he didn't do it uh, in Game 7 as opposed to he should, he should have been a little bit more forward-thinking, perhaps. And we'll see what happens tonight. Game 2 at Globe Life Fields, 8.08 p.m. Eastern on Fox. Blake Snell is going to go for the Rays, and the Dodgers decided finally on Tony Gonsolin for the start. And to your point, this is probably where Price would have pitched in yeah. the rotation. They're going to go with Gonsolin, who had his ups and downs so far in the postseason. They decided on that, though, to give Walker Bueller an extra couple of days off. Yeah, look, and Walker Bueller's obviously been fantastic, but I do think that question for David Price, as, uh, as maybe he recognizes that the Dodgers are going to win a World Series title without him, and more importantly, and, and best for Major League Baseball, no, con- no major issues. Right, I mean, with any players, as knock on wood, uh, we come down the home stretch of that uh, that game. By the way, Dodger fans pretty loud in that stadium last night, huh? Yeah, ninety percent Dodger fans. I'm surprised it's not higher than ninety because I don't know anybody who's a Rays fan. (laughs) I've never met one. I said that yesterday. All right, Clay, you sure you can't give us a a clue, anything about where you're at? Going to be a big day. Going to be a big day until uh, until everything is ironed out. I, uh, I can't say anything, but uh, I'll be right. talking about it tomorrow. Are we going to find out on Twitter on your Twitter yeah, account? Yeah, you want to follow my Twitter account at Clay Travis later today. I'll be uh, I'll be letting people know what we're up to. All right, and before you landed, you were nice enough to record an interview with Herschel Walker. So we're going to have that coming up next. Yeah, that's super uh, cool. I think if anybody out there is uh, familiar with Herschel Walker's career, as I imagine most people are. Uh, he's one of the most iconic, certainly college football players of all time. Had a great pro career as well. 
Uh, but a lot of Georgia Bulldog fans will always long for the days of Herschel. Awesome. Have a beautiful day wherever you are. <laughs> All right, I will do. Everybody else out there, too, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Coming up next, we are going to have that Herschel Walker interview for you on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Yokohama tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their yokohama test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be he is Herschel Walker. Herschel, thanks for getting up early with us this morning. Uh, I got so many things I want to get into with you, uh, but what did you think of the most recent Georgia Bulldog game against Alabama? Were you able to watch? Well, I didn't watch it. I, I saw some clips of it, and I knew it was going to be a tough game for Alabama when Coach Saban came back because, you know, that that's going to get the players up. You know, you lose your head coach, and you're thinking he's not going to be on the sideline. You know, you may have a lull. But to know that he's coming back, he's going to pick the players up, and you know they're playing in Alabama. But you know, one thing I told uh, someone, and I told Bo Jackson this, I think a year ago, I said, you know, what's strange is uh, at that time I said Auburn would beat Georgia uh, in the regular season, but I said I think those two teams are going to meet up in the playoffs, and it may be a different story. So that's almost what I'm saying right now. I think these two teams here may meet up in the playoffs, and the uh, story may be a little bit different at that time. Do you interact a lot with uh, some of the recent Georgia running backs, the Todd Gurley's of the world, uh, that that have had a lot of success? Uh, Swift. Do you guys interact a lot? Is there a fraternity among former Georgia running backs? Well, I'm not sure whether you call it a fraternity, but one thing we do do we do talk off and on. Uh, we see each other at different functions off and on. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of the guys are very busy, uh, like myself and. But we do have communication. I think one thing that's great at the University of Georgia, they have a good alumni that sort of keeps players together and, and keep information that uh, players can get out. And so you keep up with everyone. We're talking to Herschel Walker. You won the last national championship at Georgia back, I believe, in 1980. When you, Did you realize how big of a deal that was when you won the title? Sometimes at a young age, you don't really recognize it. Or has it seemed bigger to you as the years have gone by? Well, you, you don't realize it uh, when you're young. I, I said sometimes when you're young, you're more naive and stupid than anything. And I didn't realize it because, uh, you know, you always just go out and you work hard and you uh, accomplish something that you set out to do as a team. And, and you don't realize how big of a deal it is. You just assume, oh, we can do that again. Uh, you don't realize that it's a lot harder than you think it is. And, and and right now, you know, athletes are getting better and better, and schools are getting better, and it's a lot harder today than it was during my time. And that's why I tell people, you know, you got teams today, athletes are bigger. I think recruiting is so much better, and so it's a little tougher today than it was during the time we won. We're talking to Herschel Walker. You uh, ha- have an interesting background from an NFL and pro football perspective in general. And you initially came into the uh, into pro football and played in the USFL for the New Jersey Generals. 
How did that happen? How did you come to make that decision, and what was that experience like? Well, you know, it was so weird, and people don't know something about me. I didn't grow up really watching football or playing football, you know, even though I started playing a little late in my career. But, you know, the reason I started playing is just to get away from the uh, the house. Uh, you know, I have been doing chores around the house, and I wanted to get away. So I never really followed football. But, yeah, what was strange is I was very blessed to get a scholarship to go to the University of Georgia. But I ended up flipping a coin to decide that. So uh, I You decided between – between where? Where were you flipping a coin between? I wanted to go to the military. I uh, always wanted to be a Marine. So I flipped the coin to decide whether to go to the Marines or go to the mil- go to college, and it came up for me to go to college. Then I flipped the coin between uh, three schools. It was Georgia, Clemson, and USC out in California. Georgia ended up winning. And uh, right before uh, when the USFL thing came, I flipped the coin to decide about whether to go to the USFL or stay at the University of Georgia. And let me tell you the reason I did that is I was raised in a church. You know, I was overweight as a little kid. I had a speech impediment, and, you know, I was bullied. And I didn't really uh, – a lot of people didn't give me the time of day, but I've been very fortunate that I had a mom and dad that taught me – they uh, introduced me to Christ. And my mom always told me, she said, in your mind and your heart, is pure to Lord Jesus, no matter what your decision is, God will make it right for you, as long as you have faith. And I always believe that God is always at my side. He's always going to, as long as I'm being honest, he's always going to take care of me. And I flipped the coin, and that's the reason I ended up in the USFL, which I think was a great decision. And, and it, because I think people saw that I can do a lot more than just run the football I'm going to circle back to that in a minute, but you said something interesting there, and I think I knew this because I've watched, I believe it was the SEC Network or a 30 for 30 on you. You said that when you were young, you 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 know, you had the speech impediment and you were a little bit overweight. When did you realize that you were a pretty good athlete? Was there a moment in time, even before you started playing football, where you thought, hmm, I'm pretty fast, I'm faster than most other kids? Do you remember having that moment of of recognition about your talents? Well, yeah, this is what you're gonna. This is what you're gonna be uh, very uh, weird about me today. I, you know, I think today I'm a very good competitor. Uh, you know, uh, uh, if you could classify it as a good athlete, you know, that's fine. I think I'm a very good competitor because, you know, I competed very well in the track and field in the MMA, and I tell people, I say, guys, you know, what's so fun is, I grew up where I don't look at uh, limitations. I never look at that you can't do it. I always look at what you can do, and I, I want to be competitive. And I and I say, I think, you know, I, I'm going to compete. And I tell people I'm going to compete hard. And, you know, whether it's got, you're going to classify me as being a great athlete, that's fine. So even today, I think, I'm, I'm, I, think I was okay. You know, at Georgia, you know, the job I did at Georgia was what I was supposed to do. That's the reason they gave me a scholarship. Uh, in the pro football was the things I was supposed to do. That's the reason I was there. And I never uh, – I never really thought myself as being like a great athlete, the top in the world or whatever. But one thing I do tell people is when I show up, I can tell you right now, I'm going to compete and I'm going to, you're going to know, I'm going to bring more than my lunch when I show up. We're talking to Herschel Walker. You said you started football late. When did you actually start playing football? Well, I really didn't start until I was about, uh, almost 14 and you know for most kids that's sort of late and like I said I started because I wanted to quit doing chores around the house <laughs> uh if I can start playing football that quit keep me from washing dishes which was a big big mistake because my parents taught me that if you start something you got to finish it 
So uh, I started playing football, and, you know, my friends were out there uh, because I thought they'd talk to me. They'd be a little bit more friendly to me then, and, and I stayed with it. You know, I was a linebacker as well. I, I absolutely loved to play linebacker. Uh, when I got a scholarship to go to the University of Georgia, I thought they were going to let me play a little linebacker also, and they didn't and, uh, because I, uh, you know, I wasn't bad at a linebacker. I was okay. What was it like for other people to see you play in football? Because, you know, you said you didn't get a lot of respect maybe growing up. I'm assuming that changed pretty quickly when people saw you start to make plays on the football field. Was that, a, uh, was that an eye-opening moment for you about the amount of attention in your football ability there was? No, it, it was. It was an eye-opening uh, opportunity. And, you know, for me, because you know, I was from such a small, small town in South Georgia, and, you know, people from all over the country is coming down to see me play or to see me run track. And, and you know, and they were amazed. And they were amazed. And I'm, like, uh, kind of confused. And the reason I'm confused because, like I said, I never put limitation on myself. Or I never know that you're supposed to put limitation on people. And so I just go out and just do what I'm supposed to do. And, and uh, and you know, whatever happens, happens. But I know I got to give it my all. You know, I, I, I'm from that old... Uh, that old way of teaching people that no matter what you do in life, do it well. I don't care if you're a garbage man, be the best garbage man you can be. And that's the way I've always have tried to do. I never try to impress anyone with anything. I just go out and just do my job. And if it's something great, great. If it's not good enough, I'm going to go out and try to make it better. So when you uh, – I want to go back to the USFL now. I believe that's when you first met Donald Trump, if I'm not mistaken, you know, when he was involved in the USFL. What was Donald Trump like in your experience when you were a player uh, about to play football? Well, he was an interesting guy. And one thing he was, that was very unique that I thought was very unique about him was he was very curious. What I mean by that is uh, when he bought the team, uh, you know, he called my wife and myself up right after he bought the team, and we went into his office, and he wanted to know a little bit about us and all this, and, and he started knowing the players, and, uh, and that's how we became friends. You know, I ate at his home. He ate at my home, and his kids started staying with uh, with my family a little bit more, and we started doing things together. And, and what was strange is uh, you can see that he was trying to learn this game. As he was trying to learn the game, he uh, got very interested in it. But one of the things I started realizing as we became closer and closer, how much he loved the United States of America. And in 1985, I remember uh, he, I, and a, a reporter from the New York Times were walking down the street. And I turned to this reporter and I said, this guy can be president of the United States because he loved America. I remember him, that's all he used to talk about is how great America was, how all the opportunities you had in America. And and I said that, but he's a guy that was very interested. He, he's always wanted to learn, that he would get involved, and and he always wanted to know people. That was And, and that's why I told people, I said, guys, he's interesting. So don't look at him as a, as a tweet. Don't look at him as all these things when he's doing these rallies. He's up there. He's, you know, he's talking. He's talking to the people. He's one of the guys. I said, this guy loves his family. He loves his family. He loves to work. He works all the time. He, uh, he loves making things better. And I tell you what, he's very loyal. You can see how loyal he is to this country. He's very, very loyal. And, uh, and I said, that's the type of president you want and stuff. And, and, uh, and that's the way he's always been. What do you think when you hear people say he's racist? 
Well, it, it's sad, and that's the reason I got involved. I want America to know the truth. Donald Trump is not a racist. I think it's, it's, it's tough because we become so political today, and the worst thing you can say to someone is he's a racist. And they take bits and parts of a speech or something, and they try to make him a racist. And that's what's very, very sad to me. And that's the reason I got involved. I didn't get involved because I wanted to be in politics or do anything like that. It's just that somebody was saying something about a friend that I know very well that I know is not true. And if I had not gotten involved, I thought it would have been a misjustice to America because this guy is not a racist. This guy is the best guy right now to run this country. He's the best guy right now to be the leader for this country, and 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 I want people to know the truth. And it, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not getting paid, I'm not getting anything from it. I just love America, and I want America to know the truth. What do you think about uh, how political sports have become? I, I don't know what it was like for most of your career at Georgia uh, because I was super young. I've heard all the stories about how dominant you were there. I watched a lot of your NFL career. For most people, sports is where they go to escape serious things in their life. Does it seem to you a bad decision in general for leagues and players and teams to get political in the sport itself, or how do you take that? I think that is a terrible, terrible decision for teams to get so political for the commissioner to bow down to the pressure. Because I think what he should have done is he should have said, no, guys, this is what we're going to do. We're going to stand for the flights. We're going to do this right here. he take control. And then he said, after this season, what I like to do as a team is for the owners, for the commissioner, for all the players that, that this is hurting, let's go to Washington. Let's make it change. Let's make a change where it should be changed at, not to politicize it and, and put the pressure on everyone. Because let's be honest here, you know, it is, it is supposed to be a team. Well, when the commissioner comes down and says, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to put this on your helmet. This is what we're going to do. We're going to support this organization. We're going to do this here. But there's some people on that team that may not support that, but yet they can't speak out. They can't say anything. They're going to be ridiculed. They're going to be put down. They're going to be uh, taught like this. And then think about, you know, you are a product. You're a business. Think about the businesses that you may alienate. And think about what these players are going through. Think about their families. And I said that's the problem I think they have is is more than just the commissioner saying, oh, this is what we're going to do because I think they bow down to the pressure. You know, I know it's going to be tough, but you being a leader, sometimes you got to do things that some people are going to disagree with. But that's what being a leader is. And you just don't just bow down just because you see pressure or you're afraid. And I think that's what some of the commissioners did. Is they got afraid and they go, oh, let me do this. Let me put BLM everywhere. Let me do this and try to be politically correct. But yet there's, this is a team. You know, this is a team. There's other players that may not agree with that. So what are they supposed to do? We're talking to Herschel Walker. You obviously are coming out and saying Donald Trump's not racist. You've, I think you were at the RNC uh, I know you were. You spoke. I thought you did a fantastic job in that uh, in that speech that you made. What's it like for you to be being attacked? Because I'm sure some people are stepping up and attacking you, which is different than maybe somebody booing you or rooting against you because they don't like the team that you're playing for. What has that experience been like for you to suddenly have people saying bad things about you for speaking out about the president? 
Well, you, you got to remember. You remember I said I was bullied as a little kid, so it doesn't yes. bother me because I want people to know the truth. And if they don't want to know the truth, that's fine because that's what has gotten so sad is right now, if you don't like this president, don't like him, but don't like him on a lie. Don't like him on things that mis- that's not honest. And like I said, I love America. Right now, America is at, at, at a war. You know, right now, when I saw uh, BLM burning the Holy Bible and burning the cross and burning the the uh, uh, the United States flag, I said, no, 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 that's not correct. I don't know whether that's the movement. I don't know whether that's the organization. I'm not sure what it is. But right now, it's not fair. It's not right to see separation. You see ministers talking about reparation, talking about this. Where in my Bible, the Bible that I read, I, I saw Jesus Christ talk about togetherness. I saw him talk about forgiveness. i never seen separation. And I said, guys, we can't do this like this. This is not the way it is. And so people can say what they want to say about Herschel Walker. Now, I'm not lying to no one. I'm not lying to the people. This is things I've looked up myself. No one is paying me to say this. I just want people to know the truth. And if they don't like the truth, that's, that's, that's on them. We're talking to Herschel Walker. I want to close out with a couple of questions here. Uh, You started doing push-ups and sit-ups in your bedroom, I think, when you were a young kid. Do you still do push-ups and sit-ups in in the morning now as a a grown man who's who's, who's been doing it for a long time? Uh, Every day. Every day. You know, I work with the military today on a program called Patriot Support where I try to remove that stigma of mental health. I work with a company called University Health Services out of – Pennsylvania, and, you know, they have that program that we have uh, been doing that for 12 years, so every three weeks I normally went out of base, and, you know, I do my push-ups, sit-ups, and, you know, I, you, people got to remember I was fighting, you know, doing the MMA and all that, so I'm in I'm in very, very good shape. I do about 1,500 push-ups, 3,500 sit-ups every day, and, and I don't do things to impress people. I do things because I compete at, at, at the top level. Like I said early on, when I show up, I want to be ready to go. So this is this is amazing. Fifth, and how old are you right now, by the way? Uh, well, I'm in my upper fifties. I tell everyone I'm older than the average bear, but I'm in absolutely <laughs> incredible, incredible shape. So fifteen hundred push-ups. How long does that take you? Well, that's going to take a little little time. I said to take do fifteen hundred. Going to take me at least an hour and uh, twenty to thirty minutes. Thirty five hundred sit-ups will take me about twenty five to thirty minutes to do those and. And I've been, uh, I do it every day. If I do not do it, it becomes a disease where it'll, it'll be in the back of my head that I'm trying to slack off. I'm trying to slack off. And I think of some kid in some small little town that's been reading about Herschel Walker. And one day he's going to show up, want to compete against me. And I got to let him know that I'll be your hunkerberry, that I'm not just not going to just lay down. <laughs> so I, I try to keep myself in shape. So how many sets, I'm just fascinated by this, how many, so if you do 1,500 push-ups and 3,500 sit-ups, how many in a set do you do? Well, in a set of push-ups, anywhere between 50 to 75, so that's the reason that takes a little bit more time. But in the sit-ups themselves, I can do anywhere between two to 500 in a set. It's really because I do more of like a crunch where I never let mine go past 45 degrees. Once you pass 45 degrees, you're doing more of your lower back. I keep all the tension on my stomach. I bring my shoulders and head up off the floor, never rest until I get through the sit-up. So everything, keep all the tension on the stomach. 
That is uh, absolutely remarkable. Uh, Herschel Walker, I appreciate the time this morning. Uh, we look forward to, uh, to, to for many more years of you doing 1,500 push-ups and 3,500 sit-ups, and I hope uh, your Georgia Bulldogs uh, eventually manage to, to win another national championship so, uh, so you can have some compatriots there to, to talk about what the experience was like. Oh, well, thank you, and thank you for having me on, and good luck with you guys. I'll tell you what, I think you guys are doing a great job. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. We are joined now by Jeff Schwartz, as we often are. Jeff, my man, uh, a bunch, so many different NFL stories to get into. But I want to start uh, with the Monday night sort of debacle for the Buffalo Bills that came on the heels of the Tuesday performance against the Titans. Every different season has ebbs and flows. Teams that start off really good can fade. Teams that start off poorly can get a lot better. What have we learned about the Buffalo Bills who not very long ago were sitting at 4-0 and looked like one of the best teams in the AFC and then the Titans kind of took it to them and then I would say the Chiefs really took it to them with that rushing attack and just basically manhandled them. What do you think of the Bills now? Well, their defense hasn't been terribly great this season. I don't really know why. The injuries are obviously a a part of that, but their defense hasn't been good, and the Chiefs took advantage of that. So did the Titans. But the concern, I think, if you're looking at this team, is is Josh Allen's play the last couple of weeks, right? I mean, he went from the first four weeks of the season being basically an MVP candidate to to not being that. And I think the Titans started the trend of what the Chiefs did, which is like, look, we're not going to – let you beat us down the field, right? We're going to keep everything in front of you and make you have to be more accurate because they're they're a lot like like your feet, like your team, the Titans, where they do a ton of play action pass. Like they they love to play action pass and move the pocket a little bit, but it's tougher to do that when you get behind and when you, and when the defense doesn't let you throw the ball as deep, right? And so um, there, there's no one's concerned about their passing game. I mean, their their rushing game. So they're just kind of sitting back and hanging out. And the Chiefs and the Titans both did that. And Allen just hasn't been as accurate, hasn't been as good. And um, they have to find a way to get out of this funk on offense. Do you think they can? Um, I think they can. Um, I think they have to find ways to get Allen quicker, easier throws. We saw on Monday night um, the Chiefs, for example, I think did a really good job of getting Mahomes in a good early rhythm with quick throws. There was a problem against the Raiders and the week before that against the Patriots where they just got in a situation where they just tried to t- throw the ball deep too much and just take too many opportunities. Mahomes just think and dunk, right? Quick passes, the ball easy, and you hope that in year three or four for Josh Alvarez, which is here, third year as a full-time starter, um, that he's accurate enough to complete um, – you know, easy reads and simple passes. I think that's what, what the offense has to be. We're talking to Jeff Schwartz. All right, on the flip side, I mentioned the Titans and what they had done to the Bills. They found a way to win against the Texans. They were in control. They lost control. They came back and they won it. What are you seeing from the Titans and what do you expect to see in their game, which has probably got to be considered the biggest game in the NFL this upcoming weekend on Sunday against the Steelers with what you learned from the Steelers and their beatdown of the Browns. How does this game match up? What are you seeing from both the Titans and the Steelers? How good are they? 
The, the Titans, I'll tell you what, I, you know, I was very vocal, obviously, on Ryan Tannehill's contract, and I was proven to be wrong on that. He's done a fantastic job. Um, I just think Mike Rabel's a really good coach, and um, his team is, is always prepared. They're physical. They play tough. They don't ever quit in games. Um, and Arthur Smith, the OC, has done a great job designing an offense, heavy play-action pass, uh, running the football, um, and just being smart with how they use Tannehill. What concerns me about the Steelers game is Taylor Luan tearing his ACL at the Titans left tackle. Yeah. I believe they're down I believe they're down the right tackle as well. So you have both these guys out against a fierce Steelers pass rush. I, I told everyone that my favorite long shot bet of the entire offseason was really the entire season actually was the Steelers plus I think it was like twenty seven hundred to win the Super Bowl. Uh, they're a really good football team. They're really good on defense. They beat you up in the trenches and Big Ben I think each and every week is just getting more confident within the offense. So it's going to be a great game. It's going to be like an old-school, physical, like, AFC football game. Um, and we're going to have quarterbacks that will swing the ball around, great coaches, right, Tomlin and, and, uh, and Mike Vrabel right now. It's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, I got to Vrabel's done a great job. He's a great coach. He knows how to steal some of those seconds every now and then, right? We know that play on – everyone was talking about uh, on Monday and Tuesday with him. You know, stealing some seconds against the Texans. He's just, he's just really good. Yeah, I mean, he really is uh, really coming into his own. And I was critical of Mike Vrabel in general. Like, I didn't necessarily buy into uh, to his coaching. And obviously, coaching like any other job is something you have to grow into. And you know that as well as anybody. I mean, at athletics, I mean, it can happen in radio. Until you get enough reps, and, and I was talking about this, it was interesting uh, yesterday with Jason Whitlock on the show. Whatever you do for a profession, when you start it, you're probably not very good at it. And so the question becomes, how quickly can you be good and how much better can you get? And that's a question for no matter what you do, whether you're uh, whether you lay you know hardwood floors or whether you are a radio guy or whether you're a neurosurgeon, right? Like oh, yeah. when you start, you're not as good, and you know that on the offensive line, right? You have to get reps in order to get good. In some of those early reps, you're not going to be very good. And I think Vrabel has really grown into the job in a big way. Well, I mean, I think it's a, for any career, I mean, I'm in the media now, right? I mean, I, I, yes. I, can, I I'd probably cringe if I listened to myself three years ago, right? I mean, you just you get better as you go, you know. But in the media, I mean, just you know, you're not being judged in year one sometimes, right? Like you're not like, you know, you're not being the first time you do your own podcast. No one's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm judging you and, you, and you have to be good in four weeks, right? But we judge coaches and quarterbacks and offensive linemen sometimes so soon and don't allow them at least our opinion of them, we don't allow growth, right? We allow, okay, Rayborn, he's not good after four weeks. Screw, screw that guy. I'm out on him, right? Like, we don't, we don't give. That's social media in general. And, and it also, right. it, it, yeah, it, I mean, it, I think it's like. But I think fans, it, I think just fans, just fans. Like, I mean, we, you know, we supposed to sports talk radio. It was the same thing, right? Like, it was, it was, you know, before Twitter, I should say. Like, fans want to fire coaches. It's just what they do. People respond emotionally, and Twitter is the most emotional medium I think there's ever been. Facebook oh, yeah. is emotional too, and uh, and, and you know I, I always say this like, uh, and, and maybe I'm the wrong person to be saying this, but when we hire young guys, I'm like, hey, you know, y- don't lose your job because of something that you say on Twitter. <laughs> 
correct. It's so stupid. Like, right? I, I mean, that's I, not I, your I, job, so right? Like, you know, and, and, you. and I understand, like, and, and I, I, I don't just say that to young guys. Like, I go out to, you know, I'll go talk at, at high schools or I'll talk to kids out there, and a lot of them listen to the show. And there's a lot of people in the high school ages who, you know, because the show's on in the morning, they're in the car with their parents or, you know, they're driving into school with their dad or their mom and they, they want to hear the show. And so, I mean, that's gratifying. But one of the things that's really interesting about the conversation in general is I tell all those kids, I say, man, go delete your Twitter, right? Like if you had a Twitter account and I tell my same kids this, like my son wants an iPhone and he's going to be 13, my oldest son, in January. And I'm like, I just, I don't really want you to get on social media. And and and, and, and I, I had to have conversations with him and it's unfortunate, but I'm like, people are going to pay attention to you because you are my son and Correct. some people don't like me, right? And I know my mom's like, how can somebody not like you? It's like the Seinfeld with Jerry. But and I say, you know, you are going to get raised in a different environment. When I was 13, nobody knew who I was. I had great parents, but my parents were like your average person's parents out there. Right. You know, nobody was like, oh, I'm going to go after that kid because of I don't like his dad, right? Unfortunately, I think that's kind of the universe that we live in now, or it can be the mom or whatever else. And, right, right. you know, for anybody out there who's a parent, you're like, man, I don't want my son or daughter judged by what they do when they're 13 or 14 or 15 years old on social media. And so what I tell all those kids is, you know, if you're going to college, once you get to be 18 years old, or certainly when you graduate college at 22, the, the business people out there that are thinking about hiring you, they're going to find your social media accounts. They're going to look at your Instagram. They're going to look at your oh, yeah. Twitter. They're going to look at your Facebook. And if I were you, I'd go delete everything that I put out there when I was a knucklehead. And we see this come up with athletes all the time because somebody did something or said something dumb and they're like, oh, you know, I'm going to go search uh, bad words and see if insert first round draft pick said something inappropriate when he was 13 or 14 years old or whatever. And so I'm giving the same advice to kids that I talk to who are college age or getting ready for college as I would give my parents. And it's a different world. Like I was fortunate. I think that social media didn't exist when I was a kid. I'm sure you think that too. And, uh, and nowadays like you're kind of stamped by whatever you do uh, in a, in a way that's totally different. You know, the thing about social media, it's really interesting because, um, you know, the more followers you get, obviously, the more interaction you get, right? Just the stupid people tweet the most, especially when it comes to sports. <laughs> I'm sure, I mean, like, you know, you're, you're on the politics side. You deal with it probably worse than, than I get it with. But, but like, you know what I, I what got people. me used to it, sorry to cut you off, is SEC football. Like, people are like, oh, politics is so, you know, like, <laughs> like you know, so noxious. It's so, like, everybody's got the knives out all day long. I'm like, man, you don't know anything until you pick <laughs> Alabama or Auburn the wrong way one year and oh, say yeah. something that gets one of those sides met, messed up. So, like, I don't really, you know, people are like, oh, you know, like your Twitter feed, you know, people are constantly fighting and, and what they say and everything. It doesn't really impact me because once no. you've had to make picks for SEC football games for 15 years in public like I have, there's nothing somebody can say Democrat or Republican-wise <laughs> that's any worse than what happens when you pick the wrong side uh, on an SEC football game and a fan base really comes after you. It's, uh, it's, it's wild. And, like, you know, I just started more blocking more people and people are like, well, you're just soft and that's, and you know, your employer is going to like, I'm like, my bosses don't care about Twitter like that. Like grow up people, like people take it so seriously on social media. I do not understand why. And like, they, you know, and they send those tweets that like, to your point, like that would get them fired. Like they're cussing yeah. and they're, I'm like, why are you so angry on social media? I might argue with you about sports. And I have no problem doing that, but like, I'm not, 
angry. Like, I'm not cussing at you. I'm not calling you names. Like, guys, it's social media, man. Like, it's not real life. We are adults talking to each other via a, an app. Like, it's not that big of a deal. If I block you or if someone blocks me, whatever, whatever, just move. Like, life continues. Like, if we disagree in sports, life continues. Why are you sending me, like, things about my wife and my kids? It's so odd to me. I don't, I don't get that mentality. I disagree with many people. I disagree with you over social media. I'm not, like, going and saying, like, I hope your kids die. It's just a weird phenomenon. <laughs> I don't get it. it. It is. I mean, to me, I've always said, like, the mafia, which are not exactly known to be the nicest dudes on the planet. The mafia. The mafia has a no wives or kids rule. Right, like when the mafia is more of a uh, gentlemanly and more, and they have rules in place that are more reasonable than people on social media. It's when sort of chaos can ensue. But we, I got you distracted there by uh, by going on that little bit of a rant. Uh, so let's uh, let's circle back around to. Uh, so you said you like the Steelers and their ability to get pressure, potentially yeah. with the Titans having uh, offensive line issues, certainly in the wake of the Taylor Lewan injury. How much does a left tackle injury matter in general? So, um, and, and the reason why I ask is because you worked on the offensive line for eight years. Yeah. We know Taylor Lewan is an all-pro caliber left tackle. He's obviously incredibly successful. How much can a team, and particularly a team like the Titans that is 5-0 and and would have hopes or aspirations of not just making the playoffs at this point, but doing what they did last year and making a run once yeah. they get to the playoffs, potentially having a home playoff game, winning the division, all those things. How much can you scheme away from a loss like that? How debilitating is a loss like that? Well, it can be tough for what the Titans do specifically because you know they run the ball to that left side a lot, right? Roger yeah. Saffold and Luana are really good at zone blocking, and you're just not going to have you're just not going to have the same impact without him in the game. I don't even know who their backup is, but it's not Taylor Luan, right? I mean, there's a depth issue in the in the offensive line rooms around the NFL anyway. There's just not a lot of depth. And you could look, I think the Eagles are an example when they won the Super Bowl. Jason Peters went out, the left tackle, mid, midway through the season, and they inserted uh, Vitae, and they just helped him out, right? But they also still had a good left guard, an all-pro center, you know, a good right guard, all-pro right tackle, and Lane Johnson. Like, they still have four really good players. And when you have the one-week spot, you can scheme up, okay, we'll help him here, you know, we'll double-team here, we'll run away from him here. But when Luan is out and your right tackle's out, it's tough to just decide, like, who gets the more help, right? And especially when you're so focused on, on kind of running the football. And they run the football more of like an old-school way where they're – just saying, okay, we're going to line up and, and pound you. Where, like, the Eagles that season were more like an, an RPO-type run system where they just ran the ball if the numbers were good. The Titans aren't really – that's not really what they do. So um, I, I don't know if they can just replace that. And, and the thing you worry about, too, is when you press the quarterback, that leads to mistakes, right, at least to turnovers. And so if, if you just have one rep a game where the left tackle gets beat and the one wouldn't have gotten beat and you hit Tannehill and you force a turnover – or you force a bad throw on third down that you get the ball back like that. It can just be one or two plays a game, Clay, where you don't have Luan and it just makes it tougher for your offense. So there is no replacing him. You just hope that you, you develop your, your next guy up and uh, you can do enough to get by. We've been talking a lot about who's winning the Brady-Belichick divorce. I don't want to call it right now. But it seems like Brady would be a massive favorite to win this divorce. The Patriots are 2-3. and three. 
the Buccaneers just absolutely took it to the Packers to get to four and two. Arguably, they should be five and one. They shouldn't have lost that game against the Bears. Uh, how good can the Bucks be, and how troubled are you by what you've seen from the Patriots of late? Well, the Patriots. I think we could. I think we can decide who who got it better now. It's it's Tom Brady, but the Patriots. You know the same issues they had last year. No wide receivers, like just nothing. They have no threats, no tight end yep. threat. They said nothing. They have nothing. And so they can't move the ball on offense. For whatever reason, they cannot draft any wide receivers. And they haven't, they haven't found a tight end. Like, they just uh, – they're not good enough on offense. The thing about Tampa Bay is that their defense is really good, really good. And the, the way you play defense in the NFL now is you don't, you're not the 85 Bears, right? Like you're, not, you're not holding teams to three points a game. It's, it's doing enough to disrupt the quarterback. It's hitting the quarterback a couple times a game. And having guys on defense that can run, and tell me it's linebackers that can run, have secondary players that can run, and just just do just get off the field, just make some stops, and that's what Tampa Bay does. And then obviously Tom Brady is just kind of I don't want to use game manager, but he sort of is, right? He's just kind of running the offense, don't screw up. Um, their offense line is really good. You know, found found Gronk a couple times, obviously in that game. Um, and he's doing enough to keep this team going, but they're the favorite in the NFC right now. They're they're. You think Tampa Bay is the best team in the NFC in your mind? Yeah, I don't know who would be better. I mean, the Packers aren't better, right? The Saints aren't better. Um, who, the Niners, the Seahawks. No, Rams. I, he, the Seahawks, they just are not good defensively. Tampa's just a yeah. much more rounded team. Now, what I, if you're just saying, like, Super Bowl's tied and Seahawks and Tampa are playing, I mean, I would probably take Russell Wilson just to win the game, right? But that's right. not really what this is. So I, just, I think Tampa's just a more well-rounded team. We're talking to Jeff Schwartz. You can follow him on Twitter. He does a little bit of everything. He's actually going to be sitting in tomorrow as I'm on special assignment uh, in, uh, in, a, in an undisclosed location, which is actually going to be a pretty fun part of the Thursday show. I'll be coming to you from my hotel room. That's, that's all I can say. Have they given you any information about my special assignment? Um. No, they, so I, uh, Scott. You know you're sitting. You like, know you're sitting in. Jonas yeah. Knox is, is sitting in with me, uh, with you yeah. on Thursday, uh, because Jason Martin, by the way, we should we should say has gotten a promotion, so he has an early morning yeah. radio show in Nashville now, uh, which is very great for him. And congrats to him. And and we've had Jay Mart on the show, and but he can't guest host uh, the same way he would before. So Jonas Knox, who does a fabulous job at Fox Sports Radio, is sitting in for you, and so you've gotten the uh, you've gotten the, the tap here. Uh, but I am on a super secret assignment. I will be. It's like where in the where in the world is Clay Travis? Remember, <laughs> remember Carmen San Diego back in the day? Yeah. Uh, do you remember that? Were you old enough to remember like the Carmen San Diego game? I a, a little bit of it. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm a little bit. Yes. Yeah. So Carmen San Diego, we will have a where in the world. Uh, and spoiler alert: it's in the United States. Uh, because you really can't go very many places in the world right now. So I will be in the country, uh, but I will be in a uh, in a hotel room for part of the show on Thursday, and I will give an update on exactly uh, what is going on and what has transpired on uh, on this day uh, later today um, with uh, with you guys. So it should be a lot of fun. What else is standing out to you about the NFL Week Six as we get ready for uh, obviously what is uh, is close to the midpoint of the season? I mean, I think we're we're starting to separate, um, you know, the teams that are the contenders, contenders and pretenders, the, right? Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I, I, I think there's I think there's like six there's six teams right now. I think they can win the Super Bowl. It's Seattle, Tampa Bay, and then it's Tennessee, Baltimore, Kansas City, and Pittsburgh. Like those are six teams. I feel like those are six teams where you're like, 
they can do it. I mean, that's where, after six weeks, kind of where we're at, folks, those six teams. And um, I'll think the NFL is doing a good job navigating COVID. I know people want to, want to crap on them all the time, but we're still playing the games, and the schedule's still going forward. So um, they're, they're doing their part. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, you are doing your part, and you should be uh, able to, uh, to hang out tomorrow. And We appreciate the time today, and uh, thank you, my man. All right, take care, bud. That is Jeff Schwartz. He'll be in while I'm on special assignment tomorrow. Uh, and, uh, and we will talk a little bit about that. You've heard me talk a little bit about it on the show. I can't talk about exactly what we're doing, but trust me, it's going to be pretty cool. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their trip 
tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of BF Goodrich tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their BF Goodrich test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. I hope all of you are having fantastic Wednesdays. And of late, every Wednesday, as we get ready for tomorrow being the beginning of the NFL Week 7, presuming that you even want to count uh, that as the beginning of the NFL Week 7, we dive right into top five, bottom five in the NFL. And the reason, by the way, why I'm saying tomorrow you might not want to consider it to be the start of NFL Week 7 is because the NFC East is so bad, I'm not sure you even really want to uh, want to consider that to be a legitimate, uh, a legitimate game to start off Week 7. Uh, but we got a lot to get into here, and I want to start with, uh, with the top five. This is the list. As you hear the music come up in the background there, this is the list of of happiness. This is the list of joy. This is the list of I can't wait to get out of bed every morning because my team is playing so well. I can't wait to see what the next good news is going to be. So we start at the top. I believe right now the best team in the NFL is the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I understand some people may think that is crazy, but I think you have to at this point consider the offensive and the defensive sides of the ball. And the Steelers last year managed to get to 8-8 eight and eight, even without Ben Roethlisberger. And their defense became incredibly elite under Mike Tomlin last year. They were not they were winning games, let's be honest, with Mason Rudolph and with Duck Hodges starting games. And so I believe if you look at the offensive and the defensive sides of the ball, the Steelers can win a shootout if they need to put up big numbers and they can win a defensive battle if they need to uh, need to, 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 to shut down somebody. And I don't think there are very many teams that can win multiple styles of games right now. Steelers are 5-0 and for the first time since the 1970s. Uh, they are on an absolute roll. They are going on the road this Sunday against the Titans. We're going to talk about the Titans here in a moment. But I have got the Steelers as the best team in the NFL right now. In the two spot, in the two spot, I'm going to go with the Seahawks, all right? I love how Russell Wilson is playing right now. 
And I believe if you really break down Russell Wilson in general, he is your clear MVP. What he and DK Metcalf are doing right now, to me, is somewhat reminiscent of what we saw Tom Brady doing with Randy Moss. I believe that DK Metcalf is the closest thing we have seen to Randy Moss in this league since Randy Moss early in the years in his prime. That's what DK Metcalf is doing. Nobody can cover him deep down the field. Russell Wilson has a cannon for an arm. They are a playmaking duo, the likes of which we haven't seen before. And frankly, this is a wide receiver talent that Russell Wilson has never had before, ever, even close to it in Seattle. And so I like number one overall. I like the uh, I like the Steelers in the second spot. I'm going to roll with the Seahawks as the second best team in the NFL right now. So Steelers one, Seahawks two, and then in the third spot they found a way to come back and get a big win against the Texans. I'm going to slide in the Tennessee Titans right now in the third spot. Now, why do I have the Titans there? First of all, those are the three undefeated teams, right? We got three 5-0 and teams, this, uh, the Steelers, the Seahawks, and the Titans. The Steelers are playing against the Titans this weekend. I have the Steelers as my number one team, Titans number three. What do I like about the Titans? I love their offense. I like the variety of ways that they can beat you on the offensive side of the ball. You can make the argument, and I don't think it's a crazy one, that right now the Titans have the best running back in the NFL in Derrick Henry. What he did against the Texans going for over 200 yards, over 50 yards receiving, he was and is an absolute beast right now. He has taken it to an entirely different level since he has been paired with Ryan Tannehill. And Ryan Tannehill's play-action game has been unbelievably uh, incredible. Tannehill has been, and these stats are kind of off the charts because I think they stun people when they hear them. Tannehill has been the best player in the NFL at the quarterback position from a statistical perspective since he took over back in week seven of last year. And let me hit you with this. Since Ryan Tannehill took over in week seven of last year, so almost a full year, this will be the the 16th start of the Ryan Tannehill era this Sunday against the Steelers. Here is where Ryan Tannehill ranks. Passer rating, number one in the NFL, 117.3. Passing touchdowns, tied for second with 35. Yards per attempt as a passer, Ryan Tannehill, 8.95 yards per attempt. Completion percentage, by the way, that's first in the NFL. Completion percentage, just shy of 70%, 69.8%. That's the third best in the NFL. And in the last 15 regular season weeks as a starter, Ryan Tannehill has had 12 wins. The Titans are 12-3 and in the 15 games that Tannehill has started. And that is tied for second best in the NFL for any starting quarterback in the fast past 15 weeks. Why do I bring all that up? If you have the ability to throw the football and if you have the ability to run the football, you are going to be incredibly difficult to stop. In the past two weeks of games, which actually took place in five days, Tuesday of last week against the Buffalo Bills and Sunday against the Houston Texans, the Titans scored 42 42 points in both of those games and did so in a variety of different ways. Now, The reason why I've got the Titans at third, despite the fact that I love what they're doing in the passing game 
and what they're doing in the running game is I'm concerned about the defense. Much like the Seattle Seahawks don't seem to have a very elite defense, and that's why I've got the Steelers number one overall. I think the Titan defense at times is very mediocre. Their third down uh, defense getting off the field is bad. Uh, The points that they give up, the first downs that they give up, the yardage overall, maybe it's going to change when they get back at Dory Jackson and get everybody kind of back in sync at the defensive side of the ball. Maybe the offense is going to start to struggle a little bit now that Taylor Lewan, their starting left tackle, is out with a uh, with a torn ACL. I'm not sure exactly how it's going to break down, but those are my top three so far. I've got number one, the Steelers. Number two, the Seahawks. Number three, the Titans right now. How about in the four spot? Uh, I have got right now the Kansas City Chiefs slotting in at the four spot after what they did on the road against the Bills. I know they didn't play well against, uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt, against the Raiders. That's a game they shouldn't lose. Certainly, they shouldn't lose it in the way that they did. But I feel like when the competition level rises, when the competition level rises, we get a better and better performance coming out of this team. And we saw it against the Bills. We saw it against the Ravens. So my top four Seahawks, I mean, sorry, Steelers, Seahawks, Titans, Chiefs, top four teams in the NFL right now. And then in the five spot, and this might surprise people because they've lost two games, but I think their performance against the Green Bay Packers was so good. I love what I'm seeing from them on the offensive and the defensive sides of the ball. They should have beaten the Bears. They didn't, but they're sitting at four and two. I have got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now as the fifth best team coming off of that big win over the Packers in the NFL, even though they are sitting at four and two. So the outkick top five, I've got number one, the Steelers, number two, the Seahawks, number three, the Titans, number four, the Chiefs, and number five, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What say you dub on my top five? It's a solid list. I'd actually have Tampa Bay higher than number five. I think they're better than Seattle. I think they're better than your Titans. So I would slide them above those two teams. Uh, I love Kansas City. I still think they're the best team in the league. I understand your Pittsburgh play, though, because they do have a really solid defense. So overall, it's a good list. Solid list. All right, when we come back to start off Hour 2, I will give you my bottom five in the NFL. Uh, And a little bit later, also, I'm going to expound upon my Trevor Lawrence theory uh, for why I believe that he is going to be a big-time playmaker. In fact, let's flip that. I'll give you the bottom five in the NFL at the bottom of hour two. Maybe that feels the most appropriate, given the fact that uh, that we are going to be talking about the worst. I'll give you the bottom five of the NFL at the bottom of hour two. You just heard my top five. When we come back at the top of hour two, I've got an idea that I think could be make a lot of sense for the Dallas Cowboys, and it involves Trevor Lawrence joining the team. We'll talk about that next. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, oh, O'Reilly Auto Parts 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that. But there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.